In today's episode, we are continuing with part two of our recovery from Intimate Partner Violence series. Peace and light, family. This is Elegant Granny, your creator and host of the Proactive Eye podcast. Last week, we began with what life may look like for someone after escaping from their toxic lifestyle of intimate partner violence. So if you missed that, be sure to check out the link in the show notes to catch up on those stories. Today, we are discussing what you can do to recover after escaping from a toxic lifestyle of intimate partner violence, also known as domestic violence. Escaping is scary. That's something most people don't consider when they say to victims and survivors, you should just go, or you should have left a long time ago. Words like that can have more of a negative effect on victims and survivors. Each situation of intimate partner violence is different. You never know how the victim or survivor may be triggered by your choice of words, and it sends them down a spiral of depression or other undesired behaviors. It may not be something intended, but the reality is, even thinking of escaping can be a very scary situation. In another episode coming soon, I'll share some things people who choose to support victims and survivors can do to help keep them from going into those spiral dark holes of depression and those other undesired behaviors. For now, Let's get started on what victims can do as they prepare to leave their abusive partner. The first thing you can do is repair your mindset. Your mindset has been through a battlefield of what the violent, intimate partner has been telling you and what you believe about yourself to be true. Sometimes, as victims, you tend to just go along with whatever the violent partner is saying just to keep peace and to remain safe. Once going through this over the course of the relationship, you get to the point subconsciously living out the negatives thrown at you, which validates the violent, intimate partner. Some things you can do if you are safely able to are look at yourself in the mirror and affirm the positives you know about yourself, such as, I am beautiful. I am more than enough. I'm intelligent. I'm able to accomplish all my dreams. It was the summer of 2017. My husband and I had been going back and forth about why I was acting different and why he was choosing to be with other women, which at that point I no longer cared because I had made up in my mind I was done. I was acting different because I had gotten to the point where I had decided it was time to do some repairing to my mental state So when it came time to leave, there were no thoughts of ever going back. Someone I consider a good business friend had a journaling business during this time. I had already joined her Facebook group when I saw she was doing a journaling challenge for us to participate in for about seven weeks, I believe. I decided to do it. Journaling had worked for me as a child when I needed to get through my emotions so I could think clearly about my next steps. This journaling session is what I used to reaffirm who I was, which gave me so much strength. 
I was so glad I participated. Now, what I did with my journal was keep it with my work from my job, which he never touched. So it was safe with those things. If he only knew what I wrote. One of these days, I'm going to disclose some of what I wrote to you. But as for now, we're going to keep the focus on who still needs the help. Victims, if you care to help yourself by journaling, here are some suggestions on getting that done. Write your journal in your phone in your notes section when your partner is away from you or you're spending time away from them. Create a bogus email and send it from your phone to that email. After doing that, log completely out of the email and clear the history of it out of your phone. Also, clear it from your notes section in your phone in case they are the type to go through it. That was something I didn't have to worry about. But this idea I'm suggesting is what I did to hide evidence of my husband harming me and forcing me to do things I didn't want to do. Now, also while doing things with your phone, in case you ever have to run away immediately, take photos of all necessary documents, your social security card, your ID cards, driver's license, financial documents, immunization records, birth certificates, and things that pertain to the children, if there are any. Send to email also. You can also send all of these things to the email. The second thing you can do is when you have time away from each other, research where you can go and what you can do when it comes time when you are ready to escape. Locate your local domestic violence prevention program. There is usually someone there to answer a hotline call to assist you. You can also call STAR 211. They are excellent in helping you get to your resources that you need. Now, as you do this, also think about if it would be safe for you to remain in the same area or go away to a friend or family member in another town or state. The last thing that I would suggest you do is create a plan for your healing. What do you think you would need to help you recover from this experience? As I always say, each case is different. Now, when it was my turn and I had to do this as a victim, I created a plan of healing. And these are some of the things that I, I thought about. I created a list of people I felt were necessary in my life. A therapist, a bookkeeper, a meditation practitioner, a Reiki practitioner, spiritual advisor, and access to nature nearby where I chose to live, like a park. I love being out in nature that helps keep me calm, along with the meditation practices. Now, survivors, here are a few things you can do. Seek professional counseling, preferably a mental health specialist. You need to be able to get to the root of where and how everything begins so you can successfully deal with the suppressed trauma. I know exactly how you may feel about doing this. I spent many hours contemplating if I really needed to go because I was still able to function day to day. That's the scary part. Some of us are so high function, we don't realize we need help until it's too late. If we are able to get up, go to work, 
do our job, come home to tend to the house and family if we have one, then we're okay, right? Not necessarily so. Most high-functional individuals able to manage their daily living skills amid the traumatic experience they live through eventually end up flying into a brick wall. The thing is, they don't realize the wall is there until something significant occurs, triggering them back to the pain point. I had experienced individuals dealing with the pain in a very vulnerable and helpless way when this happened and was not willing for that to happen to me. Also, it was on my to-do list on my healing plan. So if it was necessary for me to put it on the plan, then it was necessary for me to make the arrangements to be seen by a therapist. The second thing is, if you haven't already, see a medical examiner for absolutely everything you can think of, especially for areas where you were constantly beaten and especially if you were strangled. Being strangled is very serious. A lot of injuries and side effects of strangulation may not show up right away, so be sure to be seen as soon as possible if you are ever harmed in that way. Now, one of the other things I would like to say is think about how do you want your life to look in the next five years? Now, that's a loaded question for someone who is only looking to survive. That's the thing. Now it is time for you to stop surviving and start living. So now is the perfect moment for you to think about how you want that to happen now that you are free to do so. And that's the key phrase right there, free to do so. The last thing I would suggest for a survivor is to join recovery groups. There are a plethora of groups and forums you can join to assist you with further support on your journey. Social media is how I found two wonderful groups I'm a part of. I have been a part of them since the middle of 2018, and I don't ever plan on stop being with them. Although I may have mastered quite a few things, I plan to help those who come in. Though there are so many others that are coming in, and I am able to help them just as when I came in, others who were there previously before me, they were able to help me successfully. Okay, supporters, hang on because I have something for you too. For those who are willing to support someone you know being abused and want to be available when they are ready to escape, think about what you can safely handle. Don't put yourself in harm's way trying to be Superman or Superwoman. There are so many ways you can help. For one, you could do some of the other things to have the information I announced for the victims and survivors earlier ready if they trust you to see them to safety. Let them know whenever they are ready and they can get away free. You can take them where they need to go to be safe, or you can arrange for someone to get them to safety. Some questions for supporters to consider. Do you feel safe keeping them in your home until other arrangements can be made for them? Can you put them up in a hotel out of the way for a few hours until you can get them out of town safely? Are you in the right frame of mind to handle more than finding resources for them? Don't ever do what you are uncomfortable doing. Just handling what they can do and where they can go in the community is great. In some cases, it isn't enough, but don't take that on as your job. 
Once getting them someplace safe and they are where providers can assist them, leave it there. Now, if you still choose to be involved, let the victim know you are still willing to help, but be mindful what they may entail. Remember, each case is different. Some can stay in that same area and some need to run for their lives. It's just a matter of who that violent partner is and what they will carry out. Also, seek counseling yourself because supporting someone from a traumatic experience is a big deal. It is very draining and can cause you much unrest with so much worrying if you are emotionally unprepared. Seeking support from a counselor even before doing so can help you sort out what you can realistically do. A lot of supporters don't know where to begin. They just know they want to help. Once involved, the terror of the situation sometimes overtake you. And that's no good for you or the people you are desiring to support. So make sure you are emotionally equipped to do so before you get involved. The main thing that can help you with this is to take classes through your local domestic violence prevention program. It's free and will give you much training needed to assist you being a confident supporter. Hopefully, I have said something in this brief episode to help you be mindful of some things during recovery after a life of abuse. And to those who support victims and survivors, I hope you learn some things the victims and survivors are experiencing during their recovery period. And I certainly hope you realize how important you are. You are greatly appreciated. You are a great asset in this world, and it is very important after a life of abuse to see a physician and a mental health specialist to help you excel as you recover. Let us know in the voice message on the Anchor app or by email at proactiveeye at gmail.com some things you do to help yourself recover. We'd love to get your perspective on why those things are valuable to you. This concludes the recovery series. Links to part one will be located in the show notes. It has been a pleasure sharing with you today. All links to connect with us and free resources are in the show notes. Feel free to download episodes and take advantage of the free resources provided. You can visit us at our blog at bit.ly or slash PE podcast blog. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash P-E podcast blog. You can also connect with us on Instagram and Twitter. The handle is at Proactive Eye. And on Facebook, the handle is at Proactive Eye Podcast. This has been your host, Elegant Granny. Thank you for your support and visit us again. And remember, healing is a continuous process, not a one-shot deal. Much love, peace, light, and healing vibes, family. Stay tuned next week as we kick off sexual assault awareness in the month of April. Let's get those teal colors out there to show our support for those who are survivors and let them know you got this and we are on your side.